ladies and gentlemen, two years sober today. Sobriety, you know, how am I sober? In late 2017, under the influence and still highly addicted to alcohol, a very close friend of mine grabbed me by the throat. A friend with that much energy, they nicknamed him Dynamite. He asked me what I wanted out of life. I told him, I want to inspire people, show people what you can achieve with your energy if you put your mind to it. He continued to hold me onto my collar, screaming in my face. Well, get the fuck off social media. The real Glenn I know is not the Glenn looking for attention. Talk and show you on social media. I was mentally disturbed, mentally ill, and long was suffering from addiction. I gave everybody a right laugh, broadcasting my egotistic, obnoxious, and arrogant behaviour all over my social media platforms. It was far from the real me. It was the Glenn mixing addiction with his energy. I followed his advice and shut down all social media accounts for over a year. I replaced all that energy with you scrolling and swiping and put it into self-educating myself on why I wasn't happy. How in the name of Jesus could I be living inside a castle wall built in the 13th century in Sweden? And how on earth could I be getting dressed out of a treasure chest and still not be happy? Why do I want to run away again? Maybe because I was delusional to the problem I had and I couldn't see it. When people tell you that you have a problem, you don't want to know. Nobody wants to be sick. And certainly nobody wants to be labelled due to the stigma behind mental health. I was delusional to the problem I had with alcohol. Even scarier. I was delusional to the problem I had with mental illness. Blinded by drink and blinded by ADHD. See, that's the thing with mental illness. It's invisible. And if I can't see it, how can you? It was up until I picked up Alan Carr's book on how to control alcohol and Russell Brand's freedom. It opened my eyes to the whole new world of sobriety. It is because of that, and Kid Dynamite never giving up me, somehow I'm still alive today. Everybody is afraid to admit they have a problem with addiction. Everybody deserves happiness. No one deserves to suffer. I myself find it easier to be depressed and sad, suicidal, and let my mind race than I do to be in a fresh state of mind. It's easier to sit there scrolling and watch short on Netflix, ordering a takeaway, than it is to pick up a self-help book and educate yourself. Happiness takes hard work. Happiness takes time. Doing the same thing over and over again. If you're reading this, if you can't go out without projectile vomiting, if you go out on nights out and can never remember, if people keep telling you that you have a drink problem, if you're ashamed and too embarrassed to admit it, if you're never happy and can't see why, I would highly recommend replace scrolling with reading, Netflix with podcasts, and you'll get all the answers you've been searching for. Learning and self-education is key. It's how I dealt with the problem. And the problem went away. So okay, why am I sober? I'm sober because I've learned the hard way. I've educated myself to know enough that alcohol does not agree with my mind. It sends me off the rails. It affects my energy, my mood and worst of all my mental health. There is two people under the influence of alcohol. There's the first man. The man that is capable of going out having a few drinks, loosening off and being able to have one or two and go home. Being in control at all times and knowing when enough is enough. Then there's the second man. The man that can't say no. The man that robs cars and drives them off mountains. The man that goes out on a night out and gets stabbed and can't remember anything. The man that wakes up and projectile vomits every fucking morning. And the man that almost loses his mind and gets found up alleyways with prostitutes and doesn't know how. The man that is one drink away from the end of all time. Unfortunately, I'm the second man. Some people are born with more energy. That much energy, you put coffee or Red Bull on top of that energy, you go off the fucking rocker. Never mind alcohol. I have friends that can go out 
for a drink on a Saturday and run for president on a Monday. My friends that go out Saturday and do not go home on Monday. It's not my fault I have too much energy. And it's not my fault that some people can enjoy themselves under influence. While every time I go out, I come close to ending up in a prison cell. I've learned to live with it and enjoy myself without it and even being around it. So, okay, then there's the people, you know, that don't understand. I just have the one. Stop being a pussy. I hated alcohol. I always did. I was delusional to the problem I had. I always hated the taste of it. I only ever enjoyed it with mango juice, pineapple juice, the coffee and espresso martinis. The actual alcohol itself is like toxic poison. It tastes like shit. I hate alcohol for how it made me feel and how it made me out to be. So why did I still drink? I didn't know I had a problem. No matter how many people told me. You eliminate alcohol, you eliminate every negative thing I ever done. All the crazy shit and all the outrageous behaviour. All happened under the influence of alcohol. In fact, one of the only reasons why people can call me crazy is because of alcohol. Alcohol itself has destroyed my family. I've witnessed it tear my grandmother's life apart and to this day tear my grandfather's life apart. It's not that I cannot drink. It's that I choose not to. Because with my whole heart I despise everything to do with alcohol. I do not enjoy the taste and I certainly do not enjoy the negativity around it. That is why I just won't have the one. So becoming comfortable around it is key. That's how I dealt with it and that's how I deal with it to this day. You know, If I'm not in a pub or if I'm not out partying, for a while, I need to go, go back out, get myself in the zone and get comfortable to become comfortable around it. The worst thing you can do is run away from your problems, avoid it and try to stay away from it. Alcohol is everywhere. It's on every corner, in every shop and in every household. Around every friend and every family, you will have to face alcohol. You can't run away from it, believe me, or try it for years. You have to learn to live with it, to become comfortable around it. Alcohol is in my fridge every day for cooking. I learned enough to know. If I use it as a drink, my mind becomes a dangerous place. Let me tell you exactly how comfortable I am around alcohol. A little over a year ago, I was out partying with two friends. Two of us were sober and one of us was drunk. The one that was drunk never had a problem with alcohol. It's not my fault he can enjoy himself and I can't. So anyway, we walked past this strip club and he begged us to go in. Why not, I says. He wanted to enjoy himself. We sat downstairs and the second I sat down, this fire-breathing Brazilian wrapped her legs around me and I rejoined her. Asked me what I want to drink. Okay, I will have a gin and tonic for my friend and two Pepsis. She looked at me like I was some sort of predator and started falling around laughing. Who even are you? That is exactly how comfortable you need to be. You can go anywhere in life known. You will not be affected by alcohol. I am that comfortable. You stick 10 Israeli lesbians in my bath and fill it with vodka. I will get in all right. I will just make sure I stay well away from the alcohol. The effects alcohol has on my mental health is played next level. I learned enough that when I have a routine, a healthy sleep pattern, a healthy balanced diet, and enough exercise, my mind is at ease. The more I think of it, and the more I remember from my time suffering with addiction, was the darkest times of my life, drinking to cure the pain from my mental illness, only to realise the pain got worse when I started to sober up. Depression, anxiety, and having the fear of God not being able to live with what I grew up to under the influence. Sleepless nights, suicidal and dark thoughts, not only put my life at risk, but others too. Alcohol helps numb the real pain of being different. It is only when you start to sober up you realise that the pain gets worse and over. You have to deal with real life and face it full on. This makes my mental state even worse. Now not only do I have to deal with my ADHD, OCD, but I have to deal with a handover from hell too. And I just can't get, I just can't get fucking out of bed. It destroys my soul. Everything around me starts to become negative. My sleep routine, 
Moj to je. Moj miot. A moj Jenji. This is absolutely fair me. Then there's impulse control. You put alcohol on top of ADHD. You take away impulse control. You have no control over your mind whatsoever. That is when all the dangerous and drastic things happen. Like robbing cars and driving them off mountains. Or randomly throwing objects at strangers walking down the street. Alcohol and attention together. From my life experience. The worst my mental health has ever been. The secret of what I learned was, you know, during my time living in Sweden's Gotland, I met an inspirational man who went through extreme lengths to survive and make a better living for himself and his family. He escaped Afghanistan and somehow made it all the way to the tiny island in the Baltic Sea. Magically, we crossed paths. Magically, he gave me the secret. Coffee. It worked like a tree. It was all inside my head the whole time. It had similar effects to alcohol. Gave me some sort of buzz, a kick. It sent shockwaves through my feet on the dance floor and gave me this extra energy. The only difference, I was not being a dickhead. I wasn't getting kicked out of nightclubs. I wasn't fighting. The best part, the next morning, I wouldn't wake up hungover. And certainly, I would never project or vomit. Even better, did you ever line up in a nightclub while everyone is ordering shots past midnight and dare to ask is the coffee machine still on? Non-alcoholic beer is for people who care too much what people think of them. Order the coffee and find out. Just wait and you see the reaction you get. What are you doing? Coffee, really? Who even are you? I am sorry. I am pregnant. And watch the meat out of the palm of your hands. The secret is to surround yourself with the problem and the problem goes away. It's always going to be there, right in front of you. You just need to learn to live with it. The first time I drank, you know, I never forget. How could I forget? The first time I ever touched the world's most delusional poison. I got my junior results from school. My mother treated me to a Burby hat and a jacket out of Brown Thomas. I was only finished training camp. After my loss in the Irish final to Paddy Barnes, I was over it. I needed to go out and let some steam off. Enjoy myself after all the training. I was 16 and covered in acne. I was in the heart of Ballybock, a house party. I thought it was great, looking the part. It was a trail Budweiser between me and Jonathan Tracy. JT always enjoyed himself. I mean, he took no bullshit. Never let anyone talk to him, like most boys from inner city. Not me. I was different. I craved all the attention. I always had this creative, crazy mind. Little did I know, from that first sup of ice called Crispy Budweiser from the bottle, I was going a rampage for over a decade. They got me stabbed, almost locked up for driving a car off the Wicklow Mountains, and even worse, almost being found dead, let alone taking my own life. I remember thinking, what the f- fuck, what the actual fuck is this? All the hype for what? I was expecting the famous Budweiser that is broadcasting all over adverts on TV. That ice cold crispy beer to taste like heaven. Like it was drinking some some sort of angel's backwater. I was wrong. It tasted vile. Like some sort of disease they invented in a lab in China. Sick in a bottle. And I couldn't see it. No wonder why it made me sick. That's sick I projectile vomit all over my new Burberry. The Burberry was the least of my worries the next morning. It felt like someone shot me in the head. Then comes the worst part. The story's not remembering a fucking clue. The fear of God and the shame. JT and his mate standing over me laughing and reminding me about all the stupid stuff I grew up to, like stripping. It's funny. You make people laugh. You're a class clown. Then you become sick. I'm not just talking about physically thrown up. I'm talking mentally ill. Being addicted to the very same drink that has destroyed your family for generations upon generations. And you can't see it before it's too late. So, okay. Where are we at? Um, let's talk about 
the last time I drank, which is kind of a funny one. It's totally different from the first time I drank. It was the 21st of July, 2018. At this stage, I was almost three months sober. I was reading every book, listening to every podcast, and watching every YouTube video I could find in sobriety. It was Stockholm Week, and it was Visby's famous white party, which meant only one thing. The angels have fallen. Swedish angels from all over Sweden, dressed in all white for a special occasion. After educating myself and reading How to Control Alcohol by Alan Carr, it tells you to keep drinking until you understand the problem, until you educate yourself. I thought about and thought about it again. I only planned on having one or two. That was until I walked into heaven and was surrounded by angels. In my head, as always, I was delusional, still convinced I will only have one or two. That one or two became three or four, five and six and so on. I remember sitting there, staring into a double frangelico on the rocks with a slice of lime, thinking I was fucking great, dressed in all white, but deep down behind it all, I was suffering and the problem was bigger than addiction. This angel approached me, like she just fell from heaven. I had to think different. What would everyone else do? Certainly they would bow down before her, not me. I told her that her friends didn't like her talking to me. Go go on, enjoy your night. And if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. She kicked up a fuss, demanding that I talk to her now. I walked off. I continued to get legless. I could barely stand. I noticed the angel looking at me from VIP. I pretended I didn't see her. And I sent a fat man with a turban over to her with her favourite drink. Spritz Venciano. How did I know this? Because I heard her order it at the bar. She fell in love with me and would not leave me alone all night. The more I drank like a fish, the more my energy became visible. The more I acted up looking for attention, the arrogance, egotistic and obnoxious behaviour outshined the real me. I woke up the next morning in Nanny Popple's bed, not knowing how I got there. I didn't know one thing for sure. I didn't even make it out to the nightclub, never mind take the angel home. The worst part, the walk of shame home, do you remember the fat man with the turban I sent over the, to the angel with a drink? Well, that fat cunt was walking home with his lips all over. The sun was coming up through the castle wall and it was miserable. That is when I had enough. See, the problem is it's, the, it's a disease, yeah? Let me get personal and tell you exactly what type of disease we are dealing with. That deadly that it kills 2.8 million people per year. That deadly that there is no known cure. The only cure is in your mind and it's hard to see because when you're delusional to the problem you have, you don't think you have a problem, no matter how many people tell you. Here is a story I heard from my best friend about his friend. A man woke up in hospital and had no idea how he got there. The police were waiting by his bedside. He hadn't a fucking clue what was going on. The man was, the man was in some sort of distress, you know. So they let him go and advised him to pay a visit to the police station the following week. In the police station, the police officer showed this man video footage. The footage on the video was shocking. He showed standing on a platform waiting on his train. That man happened to be legless and fell onto the train tracks. Honest to God, the train ran over him. Somehow, he survived with a few scratches. That man to this day is still delusional. See, addiction is a disease. Recently, I had to pay a visit to my grandfather in a home. I had to break the news to him that his best friend and his wife is no longer with us. To this day, it was probably the hardest thing I ever had to deal with, I'm quite honest. See, everybody thinks my grandfather's a bastard. They don't see what I see. When I broke the news to him, I could see it in his soul. When I looked into his eyes, that man is a very sick man, living with a life full of regrets. No, not only did he break his best friend's heart, but his own too. He was to live with that. It kills him, believe me. I can see it in his soul when I look at him. And the problem is, why did he end up in a home? Because of drink. I learned from everything. 
because I know when I come to the last few years of my life, I don't have any regrets. I don't want to be sick. I don't want to die. I want to die in peace, not letting a deadly disease define me. No regrets whatsoever. I have none. I regret nothing in life. In fact, it makes it even better. See, carrying mental illness around with addiction and not knowing is like walking around with a demon. A demon that's out to get you every single day. You mean to say I killed the demon? A demon that has been trying to kill me for years. Fucking right I'm going to talk about it. Your 20s is the most important years of your life. You never get time back. Certainly not your youth. Go out. Run amok. Get twisted. Get barred. Get sick. Break hearts. Get yours broken. Steal suits. Live on lands. Give back. Travel the world. Conquer the globe. Fall in love. Fuck shit up. Search for yourself. Find yourself. Wake up in other countries. Wake up with spell wrong tattoos. Shit in the bed. Piss in your mouth. Make mistakes. You're human. Make them twice. Three times. Just make sure you learn from them. Surround yourself with people that keep you on the straight and narrow. The Derek Hearns, Emma Brennans, Jimmy Slanes, John McGurks, Dara Wades, Mark Hearns and Linda O'Reilly's. And listen when people are talking. Look back and laugh. Smile. Keep your head up. Somehow you're alive. It's never too late to change. See, your mind, it's like a piece of string that can switch off at any time. And life, it's over in the blink of an eye. Enjoy it while you can.